certainly have fears that there is a serial killer at loose in Perth. Sarah Spears, Jane Rimmer, Kira Glennon. And every time you saw a young girl walking by, you think, oh God, is she going to be the next victim? Now, one man stands accused. If police are right and Edwards is the Claremont serial killer, he's been hiding in plain sight for 20 years. Today, court heard how a world-first fibre database was created in the search for the Claremont serial killer. Welcome to week 18 of Claremont in Conversation. Good to have your company, Natalie Bongiolo, Tim Clark and Alison Fan with you today. Tim, this was really interesting, how they built this database specifically for the macro investigation. Yeah, that's right, Nat. Um, we've referenced this fibre database a couple of times in previous podcasts, but today we really... Uh, we really found out about it and found about about one of the men behind it, who was Reese Powell, who was one of the fibre analysts at the Chem Centre and uh, who is the man who is giving evidence today and we think will be giving evidence for the rest of the week. And the way he described it was the work that was done by the Chem Centre on the macro investigation, particularly around fibres, was just massive. It was uh, intensive and it it. it threw up so many fibres, thousands and thousands of fibres, that the Chem Centre really had to come up with a new way of um, cataloguing them and particularly being able to compare them one to another. And hopefully from their point of view, when they did possibly get a source of the fibres, then be able to put that into the database and compare it as well. Um, what they used to do was just put it on a on a on a spreadsheet, um, an Excel spreadsheet, an old style Excel spreadsheet. Um, but that was just completely impractical for the amount of fibers that they had um, and had to compare to one another. And so they reinvented the the wheel basically and came up with their own system, which is now world renowned, uh, world leading. Um, and as, as we found out right at the end of the day, as I actually had papers um, being written on it and is being held up as an, an exemplar of, um, of, of the way that possibly fibre um, evidence is, is correlated and compared in the future. Wow. So this really gained worldwide accolades. Mm, yeah, absolutely. And, and it was Mr. Powell who was actually a co-author of this um, scientific um, uh, study that was done on his own database that was then published in a forensic international forensic journal, um, which was the paper itself was actually um, highly commended and peer reviewed um, and has was then referenced in in the uh, in the fiber investigations book um, written um, by one of the other witnesses um, in the case James Robertson. So yeah, I mean this was really groundbreaking work on a global scale, and it really was um, break, did break new ground in terms of the macro investigation and the Claremont investigation, um, as we as we heard today. So, Ali, how many um, fibres are actually on this database? Did you hear that? Thousands and thousands. They said um, they were mainly uh, with for the uh, macro task force, which was the Claremont killings, but it was also drawn into another puzzling case, murder case at the time, and that was the Gerard Ross one. But um, we're talking thousands and thousands of um, fibres of all types. And so, and predominantly, they were macro-related well, uh, Mr. Powell was saying that, of course, um, he, they were trying to find out where they came from. And it was, of course, while they were examining the fibres found in Jane Rimmer's hair, that they noticed that they had characteristics from 
fabric used in cars. And I think this prompted a question again from the judge, Stephen Hall, as to how they came to examine the Holden car. And it was after um, much research that they found that the 20 grey polyester fibres found in Jane's hair corresponded to a seat fabric from a VS Holden Commodore, which was the car driven by the accused man uh, over those years. Tim, how, how did they um, compile the database? You know, was it just a matter of going and, and re-examining the, the exhibits? Yeah. Um, so they had, um, as, as Ali's just said, thousands and thousands of fibres, 4,500 4, roughly, um, to do with um, macro in particular. But then they were also trying to find where these fibres came from. So they were out they're getting all these so-called source fibres. And to do that, we heard today that the scientists took off their lab coats and put on their work boots and were actually out in the field, particularly in wreckers' yards and the police holding yards, looking at all these cars, um, trying to find this match. Because as Ali just mentioned, they, they looked at the particular chemical structure of these grey fibres that were found in Jane's hair, and they were similar, but not exactly the same. Um, they, they showed a particular characteristic that they'd seen in other fibres used in cars. And so they, they, they were working blind, he admitted that, but they were going on a hunch, a, 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 you know, a, a scientific hunch, but a hunch nonetheless, that these grey fibres might have come from cars. And so they went out and tried to find this needle in a haystack and which took them years and hundreds and hundreds of, of samples source samples were then being brought back to the lab and obviously they had to be then input into the database and then compared with the fibers they had and and so that's the way they were going about it and as ali said amazingly in about october 2013 they came up with what they thought was a match and this match was um, a Holden Commodore VS Series One or Two, very dis- you know, and they, and they tested loads of other Holdens, but this was the one. This was the one that really, really looked the same. And when they put it under the microscope um, and did all the microspectrometry, had all the same chemical characteristics. But obviously, so they they had this, and this was in a report that actually Chem Centre compiled and gave to the police in 2014, an official 200 odd page report of all their findings from all their work stretching back all those years but in 2014 obviously they didn't have a person of interest because we know mr williams had had, had by this time fallen off the radar um, because they had the dna match um, but they didn't have a person of interest so they didn't have a car to reference it to as uh, as it was then Um, and they were also looking for all these other groups of fibres because what they did is is to, to categorise these fibres, they put them into groups and it was 129 different groups of fibres they found on all the physical exhibits, which included obviously Jane and Kira's hair, their bodies, the vegetation around their bodies. Um, uh, uh, so dozens and dozens and dozens of possible um, fibre sources and samples. So they grouped them all together. This grey polyester Um, group was the group that eventually they pinpointed down to the car and then they had a blue polyester group which had been found on 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 both claremont victims and subsequently was found on the victim uh, the caracata rape victim they found similar fibers there so they grouped those all together 
But again, they didn't have a source. They didn't know where they might this might have come from because they didn't have a person of interest. So, as intensive and as and as um, extensive as that uh, that report was, um, it had to be parked by the police because they really, at that point in 2014, didn't have anything to compare it to. But as we know now, two years later, um, they did have a comparison. Um, to, to, to look at and so that report was revived taken out of the of the of the draw um, and uh, and boy did it prove to have been done some very valuable work yeah I mean it's quite extraordinary to think about it isn't it really that this was simply methodical testing of all of these thousands of fibers that they managed to narrow it down to a specific make and model and of course what you're saying is this is years before Edward's arrest yeah, and, and was, that's yeah. Sorry, Ali, go on. No, I was just saying it was a bit of a mix and match too, wasn't it? Because the fibres they found on Kira's clothing, uh, they didn't match with anything. But then they checked the hair, and then they found eight fibres covered from Kira Glennon's hair match that matched the mm-hmm. seat insert. So it was all a bit of hit and miss. That they just went right through it all and incredibly detailed, as um, you were saying. Yeah, and 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 it, the, the fact that even within the car, Matt. There were, hmm. there were uh, numerous different types of fibres. So if you think of the inside of your own car, um, you, could pro- you could probably see there's different fabric on the roof, different fabric on the floor, different fabric on the seats, maybe different fabric in the back seats to the front seats, different fabric in the boot again. And that's exactly what it proved to be um, because there were all these different uh, similar types of grey fibres but slightly different. And, and as it turned out, they were all from the same car, but they were different fabrics inside the car. Um, and, and so you can imagine the, the amount of just mind-numbingly technical and detailed work would have had to gone into getting every one of those fibres into a solution, then on a slide, then under a microscope, um, and, then you, and then you compare them one by one um wow. and it's, it it just it does it absolutely boggles the mind that um that the amount of of work that that had gone into this it, it, just this part of the investigation and remember that they had nothing to compare it to at the, at the moment so they were doing this in the hope of maybe <laughs> finding something in 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 a, in a day to come uh, i mean i referencing that um that um, study or the, the paper that um, mr powell um spoke of today you know i'm a geek so i emailed <laughs> brendan i emailed brendan chapman our good friend this afternoon said would you happy to have a copy of that uh, somewhere and he did and he's emailed it to me and I'll, I'll just read this so there were 476 polyester fibers blue fibers found um, as part of the study uh, or p- as part of the investigation sorry but when you compared those to each other just those 476 you 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 came up with 113,050 comparisons could just be made between those two so that's just a tiny portion of of what they had and they had 4,000 odd um fibers to compare so the you know the, the maths the the science it's just is just boggling it's baffling um it's taken all you this must time have you missed your calling you should have been part of the forensic <laughs> science we've, we've already almost enrolled him at the uh, murdoch university's uh, forensic scientists 
Well, I hope you have even the fact yeah. that they got the fibres in the first place from a car that's like 20 years has gone through so many owners and they said they had to find little bits of the car where that hadn't been perhaps vacuumed and cleaned over and over and over. Mm. So, yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's incredible. It really is incredible, impressive. And um, and from the prosecution's case um, perspective, um, it could be it, it could be invaluable. Yeah. And Tim, did they describe how they actually went through these fibres? Because obviously, you know, they couldn't run them through any kind of a system, as we know. So they're literally looking at these fibres one by one. Um, through a microscope and then trying to match them to all of these various fibres that they've gone and collected from in the community. Yeah, that's right. So they had a colour. Obviously, they had a colour to go on. Um, they had um, the makeup of the fibre to go on. Um, and so they would start there. Mr Powell said, obviously, they had the time of the, of the, the crimes to go on. So at, at first, they were looking at cars pre-96, um, uh, cars of the era made, made at the time and then made earlier. So, look, they, they weren't just going up to every car in the street and just saying, can I have a bit of your seat cover? They, they were they, they were a little bit more scientific than that. But, I mean, you can imagine how many cars with from 97, but it maybe to back to 94, would have had a grey polyester seat. I mean, yeah, I mean, and we got a taste of, of, of the amount of work they had to do. And we actually saw a photo of one of the scientists peering into a very crumpled white car at some wreckers somewhere back in the, the mid-90s. Um, so the amount of phone calls and, and, uh, and swatches that they must have taken during the, over the time would, would, um, would yeah, just, just boggle the mind, I suppose. But once they had that fibre, then they had to go back to the lab um, extract it, put it, do 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 all the science stuff, and then um, put it under the microscope and compare it compare it to the fibers they had. And 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 there were various things they had to look at: the color, obviously, the the width, um, the makeup of the fiber itself, and then whether it had a delusterant on it, which which from what we saw in court today gave it a distinctive sort of black speckled look and the lustrant was whether you wanted your fabric to be shiny or or not and 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 so th there were all these different um uh, elements that they had to look at in each fiber and somehow um somewhere along the line they managed to to chance upon um the, these these fibers from from this particular model of car and then it was the seat as ali said it was the seat insert so the middle of the seat there was some carpet in the boot that was particular, and then there was the carpet actually in the cabin, so in the footwells um, of the drivers and the passenger side. Um, and uh, and as it turned out, or as the prosecution case says, it was those grey fibres that ended up being uh, an almost corresponding match to the fibres that were found in both um, Jane's hair and on Kira. So they've got this incredible catalogue and this database of information and then in 2016 they seize a car. So what happens then forensically? Yeah, well, I mean, that, we talked about that previously. That was almost a miracle in itself that, that they found this car. Um, it was the car that Mr Edwards drove because they could match the VIN numbers. They took it in and as we've heard over the last two weeks, they, they spent days and days and days going through that car literally with a fine tooth comb and a vacuum and a microscope and a light and everything else they could possibly think of to try and find whatever they could in the car. 
obviously they were looking for biological material if they could find some blood or some hair or some sign that either jane or kira or sarah had been in that car um that that's what they were looking for that's what they're hoping for but they didn't find that but the next best thing was to find um to to take um swatches of all the fabrics all the different types of fabrics in that car and then take them back to the lab and compare them to the the fibers that they had and that's what they did um and that's what we saw today was the results of those tests because tim what was this over about two three years because we originally talked about 2013 so they were really examining things right from back in 2013, sampling fabrics mm. right through to when they got the car three years later. Yeah, absolutely. It's, I mean, we've, we've spoken so often about the, the, the vast expanse of time that this mm. um, this exam investigation has taken. Um, and, I mean, the fibres, once again, we didn't really know mm. how important mm. and how much emphasis the police were putting on them, but... But, but certainly they knew at the chem centre because um, that's uh, that was a major part of their work. And so major, in fact, that it's led to, as I say, this database being set up, which is now the envy of the forensic world. Yeah. Uh, what was Reese Powell able to tell us or to tell the court about um, the fibre comparisons against the Telstra workwear, which we just mentioned a little earlier? Yeah, so that came later. Um, once again, post arrest. So now they they knew they had they had Mr. Edwards in custody. He'd been charged with Jane and Kira's murders, eventually Sarah's murder as well. They they had his car. They knew obviously that uh, this car matched the car that Chem Centre had pinpointed all those years ago. But then in 2018 and early 2019, these um, of the time Telstra workwear came into their possession via um, some long-time um, Telstra workers. And as we've said previously, this is what basically led to this trial being delayed for many, many months, the start of it anyway, because these pants turned up and shorts turned up and they were handed over to the chem centre and said, what can you do with these? Do, do, do these match, does this match anything? Um, and during the analysis of the car, that they also found these these blue fibres, which were a match to the fibres, blue fibres that have been found on 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 Kira and Jane, and so it, they started all over again, or, or or added another layer of of comparison for the scientists at the Chem Centre, because they had these blue pants, um, which were of the time of the era, um, and of the type that Mr. Edwards would have worn in 1996 and 1997. And so they did the same again, the same analyses again, and the slides, the side-by-side, slide-by-slides that we saw today, again, were visual um, reckoning of what the prosecution has been saying for all these months, that the the, the fibres that, that were intertwined in these pants, that made up these pants, were the same colour, the same deluster, the same width. They just look the same. When we saw them today, is exactly the same as the blue fibres that were found on both Jane and Kira and critically also on the shorts of the Karakata victim, which is the physical link between that living mm. victim and these two um, uh, victims um, that were unfortunately found not living. So could the witness shed any light on the total number of uh, fibre matches? Yeah, well, 
in, in total, Matt, the prosecution say there are 85 critical fibres, and that, and and they're both blue and grey, and all the different um, uh, types and and makes of of fibre um, across all um, three victims. And those 85 also make up um, the fibres, the blue fibres that were found in the car um, as well, that that the prosecution say had been left there by Mr Edwards um, um, and then found again almost 25 years later. So um, that is going to be the next three or four days, I'm afraid, because the the prosecution will now um, turn... Uh, Mr Powell will continue giving evidence for, for several days to come. And they will go through fibre by fibre and show where they were found and how they were found, their makeup. And we will again see these um, side by side comparisons that we got. We got a taste of today during the PowerPoint that Mr. Powell went through, which was basically a historical recap of all the the work that the Chem Centre has done. Um, it was evidence. It is evidence, obviously, but the the detailed evidence of of every single fibre and 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 how they compared. Um, that's that's now what we've got to to come to over the next um, three days or so. Right. So Reese Powell is likely to be on the stand for quite a while yet. Mm-hmm. And you know we've chatted about um, you know just how much detail is in this fibre evidence, and we've asked you know as you mentioned our forensic expert Brendan Chapman, and we've asked the defence lawyers who come on the program uh, about have they've ever seen this kind of detail, and often the answer has been no. Uh, and of course now we've learnt that that's because this was sort of uh, world leaders. Ali, have you ever seen sort of? Um, anything in quite this sort of detail obviously you've seen dna evidence detailed before but this is pretty extraordinary it is totally extraordinary never seen anything like this in detail and being a television news reporter you've got to remember i'm on a need to know basis so for a a 20 30 second report on that night's news is not going to take in all this detail as tim's doing it very very like scholarly in, in a way so um, a lot of that I'm just sort of paraphrasing so uh, but I've never seen anything in such detail about we just talk in overall figures but um, it is incredible that the um, the forensic stuff that we were as I've said repeatedly before we just kept thinking it was not happening and all of a sudden here they all are in every labs in Perth going through absolutely every little bit of fiber and DNA and it is incredible after all this time of, of not hearing nothing to hear it coming out now. Yeah, they were absolutely toiling away. Now, um, while most of us were enjoying the Easter break, uh, Tim, you spent a couple of days revisiting some of the really important locations in the Claremont case. Yeah, Nat, we've, um, I mean, the correspondence to the podcast has been so amazing and um and and loyal and and in-depth and and gives us things to think about um and some of the correspondence has been that and particularly some of our interstate and overseas listeners have um listened devoutly but have not been had any visual um keys to to look at really or to get an idea of of what all these places that we've been talking about for so many months look like um then and and obviously look like now so um myself and kate our brilliant producer um we went out and we produced a couple of videos to give people an idea of the the the, the visual the 
the visceral locations um, that all these crimes happened, um, both in Claremont and then obviously where the, the, the spots where both Jane and Kira were, their bodies were discovered. Um, and I've written little pieces to go with that on the on the website. As you can imagine, it's still... Claremont hasn't changed that much physically. I mean, it's still a tiny ge- geographical location. The, the the Claremont or the Continental, as it was then, hasn't changed much really. The outside view, anyway, um, and the areas where both um, Jane and Kira were found, they have changed, um, uh, but not so much that you that you don't really um, get an idea of the of the the surrounds that um, those. Cr- those places that became crime scenes are so yeah so we've went we've gone out there we've done a little bit of a but bit of a walkthrough um and so they'll they're up they'll be up on the website the west.com.au website um if people um wanted to have a look and and and, and get a look of of the places that we've talked about for so long yeah, and those links will also be available in the podcast description too if you'd like to find them through that avenue. Because I think even for those of us who live in Western Australia and do know the area well, it, time has changed um, some of these locations a little bit and it does help just to cement in your mind where we're talking about some of these things, particularly when you're talking about the phone box and you know um, the bus stop where the Burger Boys um were so it is still quite interesting to see and you must have sort of seen you know some of those little changes yeah i mean well obviously given tw- there's 25 years um, nearly gone by um there there are um some physical changes but i think what surprised me and kate were that it hasn't changed that much, actually. That bus stop is still there. That yeah. Hungry Jacks is still there. Club Bay View or the building is still there. The, the hotel's still there. All those roads are still there. The phone box that Sarah made her call from isn't there, but that corner certainly is. Um, and and as you'll see in the videos, there there are um, some um, also some physical reminders of where um, where Jane and, and Kira were found. So mm-hmm. so yeah, I. I we just hoped that it would it would bring an, uh, some a, another level of, of understanding yeah. to to those that have have, have listened to us um, and and engage with us um, so brilliantly over over the last few months. That's right, definitely worth having a look at. Well, thank you both for your company today and your time today. Uh, don't forget, if you would like to see those videos, as Tim mentioned, head to thewest.com.au. If you'd like to email us, we're at claremontpodcast at wanews.com.au and we'll be back tomorrow for day 72 of Claremont in Conversation. This podcast was produced by Kate Ryan and Alicia Preedy and recorded in the studios of Seven West Media. Audio files were provided from the archives of the Seven Network and the West Australian. Sign up for daily emails and all the latest on the Claremont trial at thewest.com.au. For a fresh take on the news that matters, tune in to WA's newest morning show, The West Live, with Jenna Clark at thewest.com.au. The West Live not only delivers on what the day's big news stories mean for WA with hard-hitting interviews and analysis, but it will also make you smile with light-hearted chats and local gossip. The West Live, like talkback radio, but without the interruptions. Listen live weekdays from 8.45am on thewest.com.au or catch up with the podcast.